This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, today we're talking about major changes when it comes to dealing with vaping in B.C., this province aiming to become the first in Canada to deal with what has been called this public health crisis. We heard earlier from Health Minister Adrian Dix, Finance Minister Carol James, Education Minister Rob Fleming on the 10-point plan the province is instituting. Let's get some more details now with the help of Adrian Dix, B.C. Health Minister, who joins us now. Thank you very much for being here. Great to be on the show, Simi. Now, Minister Dix, big question that I had when I heard all of this, will any of this impact online purchases? Because that's where a lot of people buy their product. That's right, and that's a concern. Uh, it's why part of our initiative is to call on the federal government, which has been working on these issues from some time, to take action because they deal with interprovincial issues and so on. So um, we need to take action. I think our plan is very effective with respect to British Columbia, but it would be even more effective if the federal government took action uh, within its jurisdiction, and we expect them to do so. We briefed the federal government today on what we were doing on nicotine levels, what we were doing on flavors, what we were doing on labeling and advertising. But in several of those areas, including advertising, the federal government has broader power than we do, and we need them to act as well. And we've been participating in their consultation now for a year, and I'm hopeful that they're going to move to action um, once the new government comes together. All right, let's talk about the 10-point plan here. What do you think is the most significant thing that will make a difference? Well, I think um, declaring nicotine a public health hazard and reducing um, the nicotine content of all vaping products uh, sold in British Columbia is very important. We're using the standard used in the United Kingdom and the European Union, which for the moment are one thing. And, uh, and uh, that standard has led to lower um, uh, youth vaping rates in those jurisdictions. It's less addictive and, uh, and therefore uh, less dangerous and less harmful to young people who are attracted, I think, by two things principally, or three things principally, as I say. One is nicotine. The other is flavors. And the third is the fact that, um, uh, frankly, uh, the message has been unclear from the community as to whether these are healthy products or not healthy products. Our message is pretty clear. Um, if you're not a lifetime smoker or you're not trying to get off a smoking addiction, don't vape. So which flavors are going to be limited? You talked about that, making sure the ones that are targeted to youth are no longer sold, but which flavors are those? Well, a critical question on that is firstly this. Right now, uh, under the current system, which was put in place in BC in 2016 and is supplemented by the national system in 2018, that current system, uh, vaping products can be sold in about 90,000 retailers. What we're saying is flavored products will only be able to be sold in adult-only retailers, retailing stores, essentially adult-only vaping stores. I think that's an important restriction on access. So in the rest of the stores, they can sell vaping products, they're going to be tobacco-flavored. That's a significant change. And secondly, we're going to be taking action on things that are clearly uh, directed to young people and things such as fruit and candy-flavored. And we're going to obviously review the market and uh, and make sure that doesn't happen as well within the adult-only vaping stores. But I, I think the key, what we want to do here, is to restrict and and uh, and take action on youth vaping without the effect of prohibition, which will be the creation of a large black market. So we want to have a regulated market for vaping. And the only people that really should be vaping are adults who choose to vape and adults who want to get off, get off, uh, off uh, an addiction to tobacco. 
The final thing I'd say, and I know this is a long answer. I apologize for that. That's, this is my curse, Simi. I long know. Answer, it's all good, though. It's you know, all good. It's why you invite me once every six years. <laughs> but but uh, I think the really important thing as well is that we have to involve young people. You know, when we, you know, cigarette smoking, when I was growing up, wasn't allowed, but a lot of people smoked, right? Yeah. And, and we had strong laws and a lot of people smoked. And one of the ways we broke that was having young people make it culturally unacceptable to smoke. And so that's why we've created an advisory committee on youth. That's why they're going to inform our efforts on social media and other efforts, because I think youth can also tell us what, um, uh, what the best techniques are to, uh, to convince other youth not to vape. Okay, so if you're an adult then, what kind of impact will you feel from this? Well, um, if you're an adult who's using vaping products for what they're, they, the companies and everyone else say they're intended to do, which is harm reduction on cigarette smoking, uh, there won't be a great deal of effect. Um, there will be, um, uh, as uh, Finance Minister Ter- Carol James uh, announced, a new tax on vaping products, which is the first of its kind in Canada. This is all of these measures really are the first of their kind in Canada and um, that we're taking. And I think so that will increase somewhat the cost. But I think people understand, I know the people I took to understand in the community, that uh, the growth of vaping amongst young people reaching 20 to 30 percent in schools, including uh, middle schools, right, um, is a reason to act. And so part of the plan is obviously an increase in costs, and that will have some effect on adults who vape because they'll be paying more. Right. Okay. But if the stores as well that are adult only vaping stores, you mentioned an increase uh, in enforcement and a crackdown on that, making sure they're not selling to youth. Does that go with this? Yeah. And but I think um, one of the problems we have now is the current legislation, the current regime for for uh, selling vaping products in British Columbia. Really, uh, it just enables the sale. Right. Uh, there's no limitations on who can sell the products. I was just by a grocery store. Uh, today, went saw one which was for the first time offering vaping products for sale. So limiting it to adult-only stores is important because it means only adults are in the stores. That's not the only way. We know young people get product um, from other people, including from adults. But I think it's one way to significantly control it. There are in the hundreds of adult vaping school, uh, stores in the in the province, which makes it also easier to work with them and easier to regulate. And they're interested in that now. If you're in the adult-only vaping business, I think um, in general you'll, you'll be uh, supportive of this kind of initiative, which, uh, which essentially reinforces the legitimate industry. All right. Listen, thank you very much for your time. Hey, anytime, Simi. Take care. Eh? Thank you. You too. That is Adrian Dix, the health minister, uh, expanding a little bit more on some of the announcements made this morning in regards to this crackdown on youth vaping in the province. A couple of very significant things that he said there. I was curious about online products because there's been lots of chatter about that online where people are saying, well, wait a minute, a lot of this stuff is purchased online. How will any of this impact that? That, as you heard uh, Minister Dix point out, is a federal responsibility, which is why they are working with the federal government and encouraging them to crack down on this as well.